you this evening. God bless you, and uh, so glad that you would join us and again allow us to come into your home. Here we are uh, in day 2,985, uh, lockdown. <laughs> oh, wow. I lost track. <laughs> it good. seems like it's been forever. It hasn't been that long. It's only been uh, a few weeks, and uh, but we are uh, still pressing forward, and it sounds like... Uh, it won't be long before we get to get back to our lives and move around, and I pray that you are holding up and doing well. Mm. We are praying for you and standing with you, believing God with you, and we know to, that on the other side of this, God's going to have a great victory. We're believing for a great revival to come out of this, that people are uh, no longer going to take for granted uh, some of the things that we just maybe got a little too comfortable with, Pastor Tim. Yeah, I mean... The, I, I think this does a good, um, as, I as we were talking about it last week, this whole uh, patience and perseverance and just what God does in that process If as we yield to him. I just, I just think, to, I agree. I think there's going to be some good things that come out of this. Um, it's, it can only get better. Yeah. yeah, amen, amen. Well, again, we're glad you joined us tonight. We're going to continue on. We started a little lesson the last few weeks just on renewing our minds. And uh, we want to continue on that. Tonight we're going to talk a little bit about believing in yourself. And uh, from that standpoint, not just self-belief or self-confidence, but really knowing who we are in Christ hmm. and uh, the identity that God has for us and being able to agree with that. And uh, so I worked really hard. We're a little bit rushed here because uh, to put all this into, I wanted to make sure I could get it into a PowerPoint for you. So we've had a lot going on. So I got done just a couple minutes before we've come on the air with you tonight. So, but we're excited to be able to have all the scriptures and everything that we can put up so you can follow along with us. And it's uh, looking forward to a great evening tonight. I believe that God's going to do something wonderful in each and every one of your lives. Amen. So. Why don't you open in prayer for us, Pastor, and we'll dive into this tonight. Father God, we are so grateful for your constant care, your constant hand of protection over our lives, your, your blessing, your anointing, Lord, your presence in our lives. Lord, we just ask and believe you to just touch each heart tonight, Lord, as we be open up this conversation. We invite your Holy Spirit, Lord, your Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, we need you just to open our hearts and minds to what you would have us to hear and how you would have us respond. Teach us, Lord, you are the great teacher. And Lord, we just would sit at your feet tonight and say, teach us, Lord, and remind us of those things, Lord, which we need to hear tonight. And thank you for each one. Bless, their, yes. bless our hearts, bless our ears to hear what the voice of your spirit is saying. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, again, let me just before we dive into this tonight, let me just say thank you to all of you for uh, your faithfulness and your support for the church. I'm just uh, I'm truly overwhelmed uh, by your faithful uh, support for the ministry and helping us to do what we do. Um, we're looking forward. We should have some update for you on all the things going on on the Lord's gym. We've done a complete overhaul down there and uh, been able to completely paint the whole facility. It, it's kind of awkward not having any income for almost two months for a business like that. So we understand not only from the church and mm -hmm. the church, we have faithful people, but the gym is all based upon our membership. Yeah. And uh, so we have had to freeze all those accounts. So we have zero money coming in for the gym. And uh, but we're believing God 
that when all this breaks through, that people be excited to come back. But we've done some wonderful upgrades down there and some improvements. And so, again, thank you so much for your continued support for the ministry. And as we've been telling you, we've been able to give more resources to uh, our missionaries in that area and send. We got a, from the McConnells, Dwight and Heather, we sent them some extra support. And uh, so we got a great thank you. So let me just let you know that people all over that we're supporting and helping locally here, families here, as well as around the world, you're making a difference. So again, thank you and God bless you for faithfully standing by us during this season. We truly love and appreciate you and pray God's blessing over your faithfulness. Amen. Amen. Well, tonight we're going to continue on in uh, this little lesson on the trans- being transformed by the renewing of our minds. And uh, so if you want to read along with us there at home, we'll put our first scripture up. And this is from the Message Bible, Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. And it just says, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit in without even thinking. And I'm just going to pause here and just say this to you tonight. It, there's something going on in our culture when we go through these things. And whether it is an election season, regardless of what it is, when there's transitions going on, the culture is always trying to form us and shape us. And uh, we're going to touch on this a little bit in the area of identity, value, and direction. The world and the culture wants to give us their identity. They want us to adopt their values because they want us to go in the direction that they want to take us in. So whether it has to do with sexual identity, freedoms, moralities, whatever it is, they want us to accept certain identities. And so there's always a conversation or a talking point that you'll hear spoken over and over and over and over again. And a lot of what we're hearing today, church, you're hearing a phrase called the new normal. With all of this, what's going to be the new normal, the new normal, the new normal? And with that means that there's changes that are coming. And so when Paul is saying here with the verse here, when I'm reading this out the Amplified, so let's go, just keep that in mind because listen to what he's saying here. Put, if they put that back up, guys. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. So as you're listening to what you're being, being told, think about it. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. Praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. So that's what God's looking to do in your life. So tonight we want to talk about renewing our mind and being able to believe in who we are in Christ. So church, that's so important, believing who you are in Christ. When it talks about renewing our mind, the Bible makes declarations about us, Pastor. It tells us who we are and what it means to be a believer that old things pass away, all things become new. Why is it so hard for us sometimes to just agree with God? Hmm. Yeah, well, I know that, I mean, you know, just speaking from a personal perspective, perspective for me identity um is so intertwined with my thought life mm-hmm. right so if what am i listening to and what am i feeding my mind with and and all of that so it's almost like i kind of picture a scale and if it's just if i'm if i'm loading myself up with with like we just read mm-hmm. the world's ideas 
of what they, that agenda is and what they think and what that, uh, that will determine mm -hmm. what I think of myself and my, per my perception of God, my understanding of God and, and his relationship to me. So I need to go on the other side and, and, mm -hmm. and fill it up with good things, you know? Right. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. We don't think about it maybe a lot on this area, but we're always being marketed to buy yeah. into a certain mindset. So there's always a marketing that goes on to a marketing for what it means to be successful, yeah. uh, what happiness looks like, mm. what, you know, how, what, you know, what your appearance is supposed to right. be. So we're constantly being marketed because there's something behind that because it, it, people are using us to get to their end as a means to their end. Mm -hmm. And God never uses us as a means to his end. Mm. He invites us to be a part of what he's doing yeah. and brings complete. His goal is to bring complete fulfillment into our lives. That's good. He's not trying to be fulfilled from our lives. He's trying to bring his fulfillment into our lives. Yeah. Whereas the world marketing us and they're trying to get their fulfillment by mm. what they can take from our lives. God's trying to fulfill us by what he imparts into our lives. Yeah. And so that brings a whole different identity to play yeah. with yeah. it. So okay. we want to talk about. A few things here. So let's go back to the beginning and kind of get our image. Genesis chapter 1. Look at the scripture with us, church. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Now listen, let them have dominion. You need to have that image of you having dominion and authority. Over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living, every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. That's good news for you and I, because it means that we're supposed to be fishing and hunting. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll <laughs> We're supposed to be catching in, catching in and uh, re receiving when That's we go good. out. So we have <laughs> dominion to take over that. So uh, tonight, uh, it, it's important that we look at this and kind of break it down a little bit. So I have a kind of an opening statement here. If you guys want to read along with it, it says this. God has declared his will, his purpose, his provision, his protection through his word over our lives. He declares he has prepared a life for us to live and fulfill, to live and fulfill with an eternal destiny and reward in him. He placed tremendous potential in every one of our lives to have kingdom impact and to bring glory to him in the earth. Mm -hmm. And that when you talk about identity, how we see ourselves and we, as we go through this tonight, it's so important to know that God created every one of us with tremendous potential. You have potential in Christ. The world wants to, us to value ourselves based upon how we perceive ourselves. Yeah. But our identity in Christ is never about how we perceive ourselves or what our abilities, but it's all based upon who we are That's in good. Him. That's great. And I'll, I, I'm going to steal your, your notes here because you've shared them with me. And, and you said how... In your notes, you said, how do we avoid living below the truth mm -hmm. of what God's word declares mm -hmm. about how we can and should live our lives? Mm -hmm. And when, when I read that, I thought of that verse in Ephesians that where it says we're seated with him in heavenly places. Right. So that's the heavenly perspective. That's the, 
And that's where the dominion piece comes in as well. We're seated with Christ mm -hmm. in heavenly places and uh, amazing, Ephesians 2, 6. Yeah, and then you look at that, the, the authority that we have. I give you power and authority over all the power of the enemy. Yeah. Go in my name. And so we, we've been given great authority and we have that dominion. Jesus has given us back our dominion, yeah. taken back what the enemy stole. He took back the keys, the death, hell, and the grave. And so we're yep. walking in great authority again. Good. So here's the key. It's now up to us to choose to believe it. Receive it, walk in it. Or we can believe the lies of the devil and this world and live with a yoke of bondage and fear and miss all out on all that God has declared he would do through our lives. I want you to hear that again. When we hear the word of God, that means it's now up to us to choose to believe it. Every one of us. To receive it, to walk in it, or we can believe the lies of the devil and this world and live a yoke in, with a yoke of bondage and fear and miss out on all that God has declared he would do through our lives. It's amazing we're going through this situation, mm. what's happening. People are getting yoked in the bondage of fear. Yeah. And uh, let's just take our county, El Dorado County. Uh, we've had 47 cases, 47, 49 cases, less than 50 cases of the virus in our county. And uh, I think Eli was telling me today he heard the statistic that we have three people with active, actively infected with the virus. Mm. But we have people all over going around like this is some airborne disease wearing masks and doing everything. And there's nothing wrong with having wisdom in how you go about that, but you have to make sure that your actions aren't based upon fear. Mm. And identity is so important, understanding who we are and what God has said. When we quote the scripture, if we're going to quote Psalms 91, then we have to live with some kind of manifestation of that in our life of agreement. Right. Yeah. If we abide under the shadow of the Almighty, no plague can come near my dwelling, no thousand fall on my left hand, ten thousand on my right shall, come, shall not come near me. Those type of things. And there has to be something in a, in, in a manifest in our lives of agreement. That, that we've renewed our minds to walk in agreement Amen. with that and not being shaped and conformed and just automatically fitting into what the world is telling right. us. So, like I said, kind of Sunday, I joke, but I keep watching people doing all kinds of things. They have their masks on. Yes, they had to stop at the store on the way home. And there are two ladies walking in their car. They both have masks on. One lady has her on. The other lady has her pulls down under her chin. And she's leaning into this person. I mean, just <laughs> within like... 10 inches away from her face, talking to her with her mask around her neck. After she gets talking, she puts her mask back on. <laughs> I'm just cracking up. But we're, I mean, people are trying to be respectful. They're trying to comply and do all that stuff. But this isn't something that is airborne. It's not a floating fog that's out there that's airborne in the air that if you're driving in your car, it's going to get in your car vents and stuff where you have to wear it in your car. But we have to be careful that we're not allowing ourselves to be brought into that yoke and bondage mm -hmm. to fear. Yeah. And that because fear is actually a spirit. We'll look at that here a little bit later mm, and that. So uh, so let's look at a couple things here. I'm going to give three points here and you have them in your mm -hmm. notes there, too. But look at this first one here. It's only when we see ourselves through God's eyes and believe that we are who he says we are, that we will be able to be and to do all he has called us to do. We have to be able to see ourselves and agree with who God says we are mm. in Christ. Mm -hmm. And we know the scripture, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, says if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things pass away, all things become new. Seeing ourselves as new creations in Christ, living with the in Him identity and reality, 
is such a real challenge for our lives. Right. Yeah, and that's when, and that's, identity is so wrapped up in what we see, how we see mm -hmm. ourselves, you know, and so uh, God says so much about me. Am I listening is mm -hmm. the question. Am I listening? Am I listening to his word? And, and again, it's what's, what am I taking in? And so we have a lot of, and, and I've been guilty of it myself at times where I've allowed those voices to shape my perception of, and, and then fear comes in and, mm -hmm. and, and those things, and the lies come in. And so when we catch ourselves in that place, it's a, it's a good reminder, it's a good sign that I need to get to that place of right. uh, getting, getting immersed in God's word and his truth Amen. in my life. So good. Yeah. Okay, so we have to see ourselves through God's eyes, believe what he said. Secondly, uh, the, uh, Proverbs 28.1 says this. It says, the wicked run away when no one's chasing them. But the righteous are as bold as a lion. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing there. So we're, we're, we're running fear. We're going. We're responding. And it's kind of like what's going on right now. We're, we're just in this state of fear and anxiety and, mm -hmm. and, and wondering what to do. But nobody's chasing you. But it says the righteous are as bold as a lion. And, and I think here's the hard part is that people have a hard time finding that, that balance or that place of agreement between being, acting responsibly and acting by faith. Yeah. But we have to make sure that being responsible isn't an excuse for fear, isn't mm. a justification for fear. Yeah. So I can be responsible without being in fear. That's good. And there's yeah. ways to do that and to measure that. But we have to also make sure that I'm not using something as an excuse to kind of camouflage my fear. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's a really interesting visual there, running away when no one is chasing mm -hmm. us. And, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's paralyzing, too, for people. So it, it can act, it can be, you can act it out in different ways. Some people are running different directions you know mm -hmm. no one's chasing you but you're you're running because of what you're listening to or what people are mm -hmm. telling you to do or what you right. think you should do and and then and then for others it paralyzes us mm -hmm. and we the fear paralyzes mm -hmm. so again going back to what what is going to give me confidence mm -hmm. right. like the lion you know being bold as a lion what's going right. to do that well, this is where I think coming out of this, I think the church can really have revival and people can really be Amen. awakened to some areas. I think the more they do this testing on this, what's going to happen is, is we're going to realize that uh, they're going to find out how many people have actually been infected versus people that have contracted it. How many people have actually come in contact with it and didn't get sick by it? So the, the danger level of this is going to be diminished quite a bit that more and more people have come in contact with this thing and it has no effect upon their life and so it's actually and I understand people that have responsibility for safety and protection sure. and all that stuff and what they're doing but sometimes we just have knee-jerk overreactions and once once that snowball gets going that's kind of what we're seeing once that thing gets going yeah. then it's really hard to to reel that in whether it's on a personal level or even on a national world level like this so true. and uh, yeah. so it, we, we just have to be careful that we're not running when nobody's chasing us. Secondly, many times how we were raised at home, like you were talking earlier, how we were raised in home, what we've heard in church. You know, I heard one person say it's life and death where you go to church. 
depending upon what you're hearing, because you can go to the church of, of faith and believing in God, right. or you can go to the church of fear, doubt, and unbelief, where yeah. God's dead doesn't do anything anymore. Many times how we were raised at home, in church, and in school has shaped the way we think about ourselves, our life, our potential, and our destiny in Christ. So many voices and influence can impact our lives with preset limitations. Mm. And so we go our whole life, like you're saying, and so we hear, oh, well, and, and we just have things that are degrading terms and, right. and, and put limitations and restrict us, mm -hmm. and it shapes us. We live under comparisons and, and all those type of things. So how do we break through that? Yeah, those, you're right. There's a lot of those self-imposed limitations that we bring with us out of our out upbringings of or experiences or, yeah, toxic relationships, whatever mm -hmm. that might be. There's a lot of those limitations that we uh, per perceive we have. We don't. I'm a new creature in Christ. Mm -hmm. All things are made new. Um, I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. All these things are true. Mm -hmm. And so, um, again, I, get, I, I, I just keep going back to that word exposure. What am mm -hmm. I exposing right. myself to? Right. And um, sometimes we just need a deep immersion mm -hmm. <laughs> in the truth. Right. In the truth. And, and, and in good, godly conversation with, with God's people. Right. And, uh, yeah, it, yeah, it's past exposure, current exposure, and things I'm, I'm setting myself up to be exposed to in the future as well. Yeah. And so, but yeah. how we let that influence our life, you know, is that old thing, whose report will you believe? I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. So yeah. whose word are you going to believe? I'm going to believe the word of God. I'm going to believe what God says Amen. about me. Uh, Paul said this to Timothy. He said, for God did not give us, hear this, a spirit of timidity. The Amplified says it like this, cowardice of craven and cringing and fawning fear. Mm. I love that. But... He has given us a spirit, a power of love, and of a calm and well-balanced mind, and discipline and self-control. That's so powerful in the Amplified. Yeah. Hear it again. God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of craving and cringing and fawning fear. But He has given us a spirit. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of power. He's a spirit of love. He's a spirit of calm and peace. He is well balanced. And he helps us bring our minds under control. He gives us discipline and self-control. That's, right. That's all fruit of the spirit, those yeah, attributes yeah, there. Yeah, powerful. Yeah, God. Uh, he's given, and it goes back to in Peter's epistle where he says, mm. he's given us everything we need. We need. Everything we need for life and godliness. But and we never think about fear yeah. as, as opening ourselves up to spiritual influence. Yeah. And we need to understand we, we're spiritual beings and we, we live in a spiritual world and in a spiritual battle. It's like Paul says, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against mm -hmm. principalities and power. All right. Number three, we must purposely pull down those strongholds and limitations of low self-esteem, timidity, that produce a lack of confidence in our walk in God. I think about how many people, and you've been in ministry for so long, but people, they bring a natural timidity in believing that they can be used by God. Yeah. Or for yeah. what God would do through their lives. And, you know, these situations like this, uh, when these things go on, they reveal to us, you know, where, where some of those strongholds are. 
But even before this came about, what we're talking about here is not just this virus thing and lockdown thing, but just our whole life and our walk with God is how am I approaching that? Am, am I letting what people have said, and you've heard it in the church, has heard it when I got saved because I went through a divorce and coming to Christ, and then I feel God calling me into the ministry, and they actually tell me that, and I, you apply for credentials. They said, well, because of your past, because if you have this failure in your life, you can't, we can't recognize you or use you. And I, I, I just, when I was in that conversation, it just rose up on the inside of me. Mm-hmm. Well, praise God, I'll just serve God anyway. You didn't call me, God did. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm and, and so when, when you're looking to man, listen to me, church, quit looking to man for approval when you already have God's approval. We're looking for validation, for justification from people, and you want to walk in right relationship with people. But people, the world is never going to see you or project to you what God sees and believes in you. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I think about even some of our our heroes of the faith, Moses and and Joseph, and Mm -hmm. they all had reasons to at least validate what, what they thought were valid reasons to 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 doubt God, mm-hmm. to doubt His calling and His purpose, but God's that didn't that did not negate God's call on their life, or they to said, doubt themselves being able to. They, God, how could you use yeah. me? I you know, so Moses said, I stutter. I can't talk. I can't. And what's always exciting with God that every time you give Him something that you can't do. He goes, I got you covered, Cause, and that's kind of what we're looking at. See, our identity is God never deals with it's about us. We'll see this here in a minute. It's always about his work of grace in our life anyway. Yeah. Yeah, he, that's what's so God never asks us to bring anything to the table. He says the table's already set. Just sit down and receive what I've prepared for you and walk in that. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5, we've heard it so many times. Here it is out of the New Living Translation. It says this, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. And so we don't think about degrading thoughts, um, debilitating thoughts, as being proud thoughts. Mm. But when, when it goes against what God says, it, it's kind of it's like a false humility, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. And so there, there can be a lot of pride and false humility yeah. in that. Right. Yeah we, don't, yeah, we don't really often, you know, we don't think that as being prideful. But yeah, it certainly is when God has spoken truth over our lives and has... I think of that, the, the scripture says God has called things that are not as though they are. So he sees the potential. He sees a future. He sees a, he has a vision of the future for us. It's already pre- planned and predestined if we will just step out and walk in it. Mm-hmm. And yet, if there's that sense of, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not good enough or, yeah, is that pride saying that or? Well, know? I'd put it to you like this. God says, Tim, I've equipped you and yeah. I've given you everything you need for life and godliness. Well, I know the Bible says that, but. but. So the moment I said but, the moment I disagree with the Bible, I've just exalted my thought and my reasoning above what God has declared. Yeah. Yeah. So that's an exalted thought. Right. That's a prideful thought. In my pride, my thinking, my reasoning, my judgment, 
knows more than what God's word has declared concerning me. And so that's what Paul's saying there in that verse in Corinthians. He's saying, hey, we, we capture those thoughts. Those are rebellious mm-hmm. thoughts. They're speaking against. Th- those are thoughts that are contradicting what God has said about who we are in Christ. Mm-hmm. So coming to that place where we can renew our minds to this, th- this is why it says the weapons of our warfare. This isn't something you just do. This is something you battle ongoing. Renewing our mind is not a destination. It's a journey, as right. we've been saying. And so just keep fighting and keep pressing yeah. toward the destination yeah. of renewal. And that. And so we're going to break this down for just a few minutes. We're going to talk about these three areas that can affect our self-esteem. The past, the future, and competing and comparing. And competing and comparing is a huge thing. And those three areas cause us to doubt and keep us from accepting our true identity in Christ. So let's look at the past. And this is a huge area. Everybody has a past. Everybody has things that they deal with, things that they've been through, and how we process that and how we allow God to set us free from that really determines uh, how we move forward and, and walk in His fullness in our life. So looking back to the past will paralyze us and keep us from fulfilling the will of God in our life. So you served all the years, you've been in ministry all these years on the mission field, how many people have you seen or how often you see that people, they want to do something for God, but this one area affects them from stepping out? Oh, many. But, you know, I'll just speak from a personal experience. Even after when we transitioned from overseas back to the U.S. in 2016, so mm-hmm. it's been four years now, we had all this history of doing things a certain way, mm-hmm. working with certain people, working into different culture, and I could have come back to the U.S. and say, well, this is how we did it there. And, and this is, um, it's kind of either, you know, my way or, mm-hmm. or the highway kind of thing. And I knew that I had to take a learner's approach, just like mm-hmm. I went to Central Asia and became a learner. I needed to come back and be a learner. Reacclimate. Yeah. Uh, reacclimate and, and all of that. But look, I could have, and, and at times I did, I looked back and thought, the grass was greener or this was better. We had more, we saw more fruit there or, or, or whatever I thought at the time. And at times I did. So I had to renew my mind mm-hmm. in, the, in the fact that God, mm-hmm. God is always a God of new things. Mm-hmm. He's always doing something new in our lives, mm-hmm. church. And I think that's right. where, where when we, the past is great. God has been faithful. Um, even good, I think even good a good past, good memories can limit us if we only just kind of sit in that and just mm-hmm. bask in that and don't, you know, expect yeah. something new and good right. from God. Yeah, it's too funny. I keep, I, we go back to AC in the school tomorrow. We had a guy, Mr. Enthusiasm was Ralph Rice. So he came out and he started all the district convention. He, and his saying was this, he go, good, better, best. Let's never rest till our good becomes better and our better becomes best. <laughs> I can't even believe I can remember that. But anyway, he, I've heard it so many times, but he would just say it. that. But what we do so many times with that, like you're saying, we want there to be here. Yeah. We, we, we can't let go of what we experience. That is what we experience there. Pastoring a church, we have people, for whatever reason, transition, they relocate, they move, whatever, but they come in. So they come into a new house. People do this in relationships and, and all kinds. And we want what we had in the previous to be here. But that was there. This is here. And as long as you're looking for there, here, you're always going to be discouraged. 
because what happened there was for there. Mm -hmm. It's not for here. You can take the skills and, and, and the things you learn there and apply them to here, but it will be something different here. Good. So think about all the people that are missing out on what they could have mm -hmm. because they want there to be here. Yeah. Just like you're saying. Yeah. So coming back across overseas, well, I want there, I want that to continue here right. where I'm at. I don't want to step into something new. And that's our life with Christ is that we want, we want to hold on to our old life. We want to do everything. So my life in Christ, I want to, do, I, I want to go to heaven. I want to have everything. But I still want my there of my old mm -hmm. life to be here in my new life with Christ. Yeah. And that doesn't work that yeah. way. Good. Genesis 19 and 26 says this. Uh, the angel of the Lord warning uh, Sot and his family, Lot and their family as they're leaving Sodom and Gomorrah. When they were safely out of the city, one of the angels ordered, run for your lives. I love this in the New Living Trend. Run for your lives and don't look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the mountains or you will be swept away. And then in verse 19, they're leaving. But look what it says. But Lot's wife looked back. And she was as she was falling behind, and she turned into a pillar of salt. Looking back, God says, don't look back. God is a forward God. Our relationship with God has to be forward. And this area of our past so affects our identity. Whatever's been in our past, listen to me, church, whatever's been in your past, you have to look, let that go and begin to look forward. You can't look right. back. It, it solidifies you. It just turns yeah. you into that statue and solidifies you. It's interesting. She became a pillar of salt. Yeah. You just get solidified in that position. Right. And so we're supposed to move That's forward. Good. And, you know, I, I was just thinking about that, too. And I think that, uh, you know, we, we look at this and we say, well, don't ever look back. But it's not it's not that it's it's you know, when we look back and, and there's good, good things we can look back on and, right. and take that with gratitude into our future, into our present and our future. But a lot of t I, that's not what happened here. Right. I mean, Lot's wife, she looked back and God's not going to God's not going to zap us for looking back or right. even even, you know, I think of a even a, you know, something happens, you know, a car accident or right. something, and I'm looking back at a curiosity. That's not what happened here. There was something there that drew her it's back. Connection. Yeah. Connection. That connection. And, right. and don't let that connection, which becomes bondage, right. to paralyze you. Right. And, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I don't mean by what I meant, not just yeah. looking back in that area, but what you're saying is so good. And adding to that is that what's making, why do I want to look back? What am I... It, What's yeah. the cause of looking back? What am I looking back to? The, that longing, that desire of getting so caught up. Uh, Peter said it like this, righteous lot vexed his soul by what he allowed himself to be in. Mm. And so, and he, they didn't want to leave that area. And so it's so hard for us right. to leave, to enter into the new. And so even to go into the, oh, but let us go over here. Mm -hmm. It's just so hard to let go of the old to receive the new and that's the battle of our path to have the new the fullness of the new that we have in yeah. Christ there has to be that letting go as long okay. as we're longing for those things of the past that's what pulled those desires those appetites it was her desire and her appetite that she turned back she felt she, I'm yeah. letting go of something so right. there was a longing in the looking back and that desire yeah. whether it's those things or even hurts and wounds and things we're looking back and not being able to let go of those yeah. Yeah. in that area so we must release our past good or bad and never let it control or decide our future and I love that statement I heard a long time ago but God never consults our past to define our future mm, yeah 
He's not, he's not, he doesn't plan out of the path. He's always showing us what lies ahead. That's and he's good. not making judgments out of what. That, that's what's so great about repentance and forgiveness. Mm. What's he do? He takes our past and he puts it under the blood. He says, I don't go back there. When we confess our sins, he covers us. Our, we're removed as far as the east as the west from our past transgression. God didn't go back and he, God never digs up our past. The devil digs up our past, yeah. not God. And yeah, that good, so on good. those negative areas. So we have to release it, but don't let it decide or control your future. Um, as children of God, we have the power to decide how our past will affect us. Never allow others to make this decision for you. That's so important. Yeah. People who know you, influences and stuff, even when you go to get counsel and advice on things, don't let other people tell you how to make the decision about your future. You get input, you get information, yeah. but let God's voice and let the word of God be the controlling factor Good. on your decisions for your future. Philippians says it like this from the King James. It says, not that I have already attained or am perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. So God lays, the Lord lays hold of us for a purpose. He goes on to say, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended or to have grabbed hold of that. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to the things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And if anybody had a past to forget, it was the Apostle Paul. Yeah. Wow. So he, he goes from persecuting the saints to building the saints. Yeah. And to, he's the one who came, you know, God gave him the revelation of all these amazing statements about our identity, mm -hmm. who we are in him, mm -hmm. and all that he mm -hmm. was in the past. Mm -hmm. So look what God did. He took the greatest enemy of the church yeah. and made him the greatest champion of the church. Mm -hmm. Now that's a word for somebody right now. God took the greatest enemy and turned him into a great champion. Yeah. And so in your life, you feel like I was the enemy of God, I fought this. But God will turn you around into a champion in that. Mm -hmm. So let God do his work. You know, let, let God do his perfect work in us and a complete work in us. Praise the Lord. So let's talk about the future a little bit. That's another thing. People don't think that the future can be much of a hindrance to it. Yeah. But here, here's an area to think about. Fear of the future, fear of failure or lack of vision can paralyze us. We get afraid of the unknown, what lies ahead, the what if. This is the what if factor. Yes. And that's what a, a lot of people that I, I coach around transition, that's where a lot of people get stuck in the middle and kind of paralyzed in, in the change and mm -hmm. navigating transition because of fear. Um, uh, uh, you know, just, just this, um, I'm, I'm kind of in no, no man's land here, you know, and mm -hmm. I, I don't, I, I've left what's I've left or I'm leaving what's what I know and I'm entering into the unknown. And in the meantime, how do I navigate all this? And God can ground us and God, that, that, that's the beauty of it. God, our, our, it doesn't matter where we are in the process. We are ground, our, we're grounded in Him. Our identity mm -hmm. comes from Him. So we're always grounded if we, if we realize that fact. You know, we're always grounded. We always have stability, even if we're in process, mm -hmm. moving. So. 
Yeah. Well, and, and then everything the Word of God tells us is all future focused. Yeah. So we have we're our hope and everything. We're right. always looking forward to the future. And so what God does is He gives us a vision to walk towards that. Mm. He, he leads us and He guides us and gives us direction and vision and, and on how to move forward in Him. So to fear the future or the fear of failure. And then I go like, how can I fail in God? I can't fail. Mm. Look at even the Bible says, though a righteous man falls seven times, he gets back up and keeps going. So, yeah. you know, the, the, God gives, God's really good at grading on a curve. Yeah, and the enemy will want to bring up your past. And I think that's why this, this scripture that we read about Paul saying, forgetting what is behind. I didn't do a word study on this, so I can't, but I, I, I kind of think that that's a, a, an ongoing process, the forgetting process. He had to, I'm sure he had temptation to, to, he was tempted to bring up and entertain those thoughts of what he was before. Well, everywhere he went and preached, oh, wait a minute, his this failures, is the guy that persecuted the church. Wait, right. wait a minute. He, he con- continually had that thrown up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's yeah. good to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Overcoming. So here, here's the key, though. Lack of vision can cause us to blame others. So you have to, let me just go back to that. So a lack of vision can paralyze us. So fear of failure, fear of the future, and a lack of vision paralyzes us. When we don't have vision, lack of vision causes us to blame others for what's going on in our presence. So I, I don't have any vision, I don't have any direction, I don't have any purpose. So my life is stagnant, I'm in hold. But because I don't have the right identity of who I am in Christ, and so I don't have a vision. So it causes us to blame others, also to create excuses of rationalization for our current situation. When I'm stuck without a vision, I begin to rationalize. I begin to justify. I begin to have excuses for why there's no forward momentum or growth or change. And it all comes down to not having, knowing my mind, mm-hmm. being able to believe in who I am in Christ, having a yeah. right identity about who I am, and then believing that God wants to do something through my life. He's leading me where we go, where Jeremiah, I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you to give you a hope and a future. And so God has those plans. So I start seeking God. God, what's your plan? What's your vision? Lead me. Holy Spirit, you're here to lead, to guide, and direct. So seeking God for that wisdom and that direction and to have vision for our life. The Amplified says it like this in Proverbs 29, 18. Where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. Now think about that. It's important. Where there is no rev- vision of the redemptive revelation of God. Right. What that means is that we are redeemed. You and I were redeemed. God has redeemed us. He doesn't see me based upon who I was. Mm-hmm. He sees me based upon his redemptive work in my life. I am the redeemed of the Lord. Right. And when I see myself as redeemed, I no longer see myself by my path. I'm redeemed, and I'm redeemed to a future and a hope in Him. Now I want to look for that. Yeah, and it's His vision. It's I think oftentimes we'll confuse vision with we'll com- maybe, and we're probably I think we're going to get into this if we have time. But comparing, you know, right. we think of people with great vision. Well, what you're talking about is a vision of God's redemptive purpose in my life and holding that vision tight and close all the time. Right. Who I am in him, that, re- that part of, of who, he, who he has made me to be, created me to be. And yes, the doing and what I, my vision for, 
for work, for my work, for my ministry, for my life outside of that is all the fruit of that. And so I think the vision piece, you're talking about a, a really good piece, a good uh, important foundational part of vision, which often we miss because right. we compare it with maybe even the world's idea of what yeah. vision is. Well, yeah. we think of vision as I'm going to build this great work right. for God. And so we think of vision around a thing or an activity yeah. versus a vision of what my life is supposed to be in Good. him, a vision of who I am in Christ yeah. and seeing God and, and my life being yielded to his purpose. Yeah. And God, what do you want to accomplish for my life? I always tell people like this. I never said, I want to be. Mm -hmm. I just said, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to serve God and see what happens. Mm -hmm. And so God has opened the doors. My vision is just, I believe God wants to use me. Mm -hmm. And I have a vision of being used by God, living a life yielded to God, being used by, regardless of my path, regardless of my stakes and my failures, if, if I repent, if I confess, he forgives me Good. and my mistake. And God always keeps me moving forward. So I just have a vision of moving forward to him. And God o has opened every door that we've had. When we first took our mm -hmm. position at a church, when we went to our, our first pastorate, when we came here, it was always people saying, have you ever thought about this? What about going there? And it wasn't something I was pursuing. The only thing I was pursuing, have a vision of pursuing mm -hmm. for our lives, church, is a vision of a life that has been redeemed, a redemptive vision, the redemptive revelation of God. You are redeemed by God. You are not bound. You're no longer shackled to your path. It no longer has a hold on you. You have a redemptive vision of God. And you're, and you're walking in that redemption in Christ. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. Good. Lack of vision causes us to focus on what we can't do instead of what we can do. And we hear people, the excuses, the disclaimer. I call them the, the Christian disclaimers. Mm -hmm. We read where God says that. I know the Bible says that, but, and we give disclaimers on why we can't be used by God instead of just pressing in to see what would happen if we said yes. Yeah, yeah. I'll think about that. What, 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 made, what made you think you could go to the Middle East? Yeah. <laughs> and do anything right. for what? How could you have that kind of a thought? How audacious! Who do you think you are? I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> Pastor. You tell me. <laughs> but think about that. Yeah, yeah. So, it, it, so, 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 what? Yeah. That's what I mean. So, I think what well, you're saying is is so true, though. It comes out of. It comes out of who God has. Who God has um, said I am who God has created me to be, who, and my aligning myself, aligning myself with his truth and his word. And all of that is based on God's truth being, being absorbed into my life, mm -hmm. you know? And so if I don't, if, if, uh, if I would have said, let's go and let's be something for God, or mm -hmm. let's do something for God, I would have burned out within a, a year, you know? And so we always have to rely on God's on mm -hmm. God's um, grace and his strength and his presence mm -hmm. in our lives, putting down roots wherever we're at to, so that we do have that relationship first and foremost with him. So wherever we go, mm -hmm. it, you know, I just, I'm just a firm believer. It doesn't, I, I, I really don't, I, I don't really believe in, at times God calls us to a specific place. Right. For sure. 
And he spoke very strongly to you that you were to come here and plant a church. And I, and I know God does that. But I also believe that God will also just is looking for volunteers. Absolutely. You know? and he's just saying, uh, I've already given the, the commission. I've already given you everything you need. Um, and we just said, sign me up, Lord, and, and we're willing. But, uh, you know, I think that's part of, part of vision is, again, going back to knowing right. who we are in Christ and what he is. Well, I think what's interesting, when it comes to vision, we have, so, we have too secular of a concept of vision. Right. We think vision and even our mission statement. So we have to have the statement that declares what we are going to do. When I got saved, I just said, Lord, I, I, I'm giving you my life. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do whatever you ask me to mm-hmm. do. I'll say whatever you tell me to say. I'll be whatever you want me to be. And so vision is seeing our lives lived out, surrendered to God. That's how you end up on a mission field. That's how you end up planting churches. That's how you end up because your vision is not so much what you would feel. The, The best vision, I believe the best vision statement you could have is yes. Just yes. Because God is declaring what he wants to do on the earth. And like he said, we volunteer. So God's declaring what he wants to do on the earth. It's like here, I said, hey, we're going to do this. Does anybody want to? And and volunteers or people just raise their hand and say, yeah, I will help do that. And so our vision that we have is seeing ourselves saying yes Mm -hmm. to God and living out that yes throughout our lives. God, what do you want me to do? Yes, I'll do that. Mm -hmm. I remember Tim Delina saying when he was working with David Wilkerson in Texas through Teen Challenge and that, and uh, then uh, they said, we need somebody to go to Detroit and, and a team to go up there. And Tim goes, I'll go. And so he did that. And then we go, we need somebody to lead worship. I don't know how to play guitar, but I'll, I'll help lead worship. He said, I just said yes to everything. If there was an opportunity to do something for God, I just said yes. And so something about having a vision of saying yes to God Knowing that he's already prepared the path for us. Right. All he needs is our yes. My yes. vision is just seeing myself walking out a yes to That's God. Good, good. It ch- regardless of our past, mm-hmm. it, it changes everything. So that's where it says that vision is we walk by faith and not by sight. So if I write the vision now, it's too easy for me to write the vision now. I have to build what I see. So sometimes vision comes more sight than faith. Right. And then the frustrate, now that I've said it, now I've got to build it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it goes from there. So here's another thought. Now, let's, so we said we got a couple minutes. Let's talk about competing and comparing from this standpoint. Because this is huge right here. Yeah. Our performance does not decide our value. You guys need to, there's so many of you that need to hear this tonight. Performance does not decide value. We are special regardless of how we perform in Christ. Our performance is always by and according to His grace at work in our lives, not our personal abilities. All performance in the body of Christ, everything we do in the body of Christ, has nothing to do with who you are in the natural. It all has to do with the grace and the gift of God in you. Paul says, this grace was given. Paul says, I'm a minister. I've been graced to do this ministry. Everything we do in ministry is by grace. What you did in Tajikistan and Turkey and in the the Middle East region was all by work of God's grace. What Sharwan is doing in India is the work of God's grace in his life. What Elwood and Yada are doing in Liberia is by the work of God's grace. Mm -hmm. What Dwight and Heather have done, what James Stewart did in South Africa what people do in churches all over is not by who they are and what they bring to the table. It is what God does in their Mm -hmm. life. 
So it's not about your performance. That doesn't make it. God equips you to be a doer. It's good. And of we, the word. We've got to fight that because yeah. we live in such a performance-driven mm-hmm. culture. And, and so we really have to go upstream, uh, swim upstream when it comes to living out our purpose right. and in terms of how God sees me and values me um, apart from performance. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. In comparison. Uh, the, here's an, in order to compare us, when it comes to competing and comparison, so competition, ministry and life in Christ is not a competition. There's no competition in the kingdom. Yeah. We're not competing with one another. It's not, the kingdom doesn't work that way. And having an identity, we have to get our identity out of our accomplishments mm-hmm. and, and competing, jockeying for position, doing all that stuff. It doesn't matter. What did Jesus do? Think about that. Think about the competition of Jesus. Here's the disciples. I want to sit on your right hand. I want to sit on your left hand. Who's going to be the greatest? I'll tell you who the Jesus goes. I'll tell you who the greatest is. The one who is a servant of all. Let me show you what that looks like. I created all things. Paul said about Jesus, in him, the whole world, the whole universe, he's the glue that holds everything together. Mm -hmm. And he's sitting at the feet of his disciples, washing their feet. Powerful. He goes, there's, he goes, then he goes, compete with that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's your performance. There's your competition. Right. Wow. 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 That is powerful. So in order to compare ourselves to others, we must be, we must put someone above us and someone below us. Mm -hmm. And that's something God never does. Yeah. I think everyone in the parable that Jesus told about the, the, the servants receiving the talents, mm-hmm. you know, uh, they each re- received a certain amount, but it wasn't based on, they, they could have compared themselves with each other mm-hmm. and said, well, he has two and, uh, you know, I, I only have one or uh, he has mm-hmm. three, you know, he has three and I only have one. But they, and, but success in that, mm-hmm. in that, in that parable was all about faithfulness and stewardship. Absolutely. Perfect. Success is all about that. It wasn't about performance. It was about faithfulness with what you were entrusted to do. Yes. Just be, and the reward was equal. The guy with the one would have got the same reward as the guy with the five. If he'd have just been faithful in doing right. So powerful. Good. So God doesn't compare or compete. He never does that. This is what 2 Corinthians 10, verse 12 says. This is so good in in the New Living Translation. Oh, don't worry. We don't dare say that we're as wonderful as these other men who tell you how important they are. But they are only comparing themselves with each other, using themselves as the standard of measurement. How ignorant. So when we compare ourselves amongst ourselves, we're just making fools of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And God does not do that. God does yeah. not compare. What he does is he puts us together and we complement each other. And mm-hmm. by, that, that's what's so important when it says the body of Christ. Look what it says. That, that the whole body is edified by what each joint supplies. By every member doing its part. And by what each joint supply, the whole body grows up. In a, it's not a competition. It's, it's a joint fulfillment and supply. Good. Love that. Yep. And having that identity. Just say, Wait a minute. I am, you are, we are all useful, productive members of the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. It's not a competition. It's a body. Your kidneys aren't competing with your lungs. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Amen. So uh, when we compete with others, we lose. There will always be someone better than you and someone not as good as you. But that has no bearing on who you are in Christ. That's right. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you get around people. It's not a comparison about whose church is better, whose ministry is better, who's doing this, who's doing that. Paul says when you compare, look at what he said to the church at Corinth. He says, you're, I'm of Paul, I'm of Paulos, I'm of Cephas, I'm of that. Mm-hmm. He says, why are you making these comparisons? Yeah. There, there, there's no, in Christ, there is no comparison. And so what we're doing is that somehow that if I'm of Tim, somehow your Tim is better than Don. So somehow I'm better because I'm of Tim. And so I'm trying to add value to myself because I don't see the value that I have in Christ. Right. I need some kind of outward uh, uh, substitute or addition, something added to Good. me Good. to increase my value. So I feel better about myself. Yeah instead of having just a, a reality of who I am in Christ, com- that I'm complete in Him. Yeah, yeah. And God, and that's the nature of God, isn't it? He doesn't, He models that. He doesn't say, hey, look at me, look at who, you know, who I am. And we, we learn to adore Him and, and, mm-hmm. and grow in that relationship. But we're never, you know, the more we compare ourselves with each other, uh, it's an artificial value mm-hmm. that, we, that we place upon ourselves or upon other people. Mm-hmm. And then there's expectations mm-hmm. that grow out of that. So we expect this person to perform a certain way, or we expect ourselves to perform a certain way, not based on real, real, real right. God, God's idea of what a value and what he, right. yeah, what Absolutely. he values in us. Absolutely, so good. All right, so let me just, let's wrap this thing up. We can never do enough in ourselves to believe in ourselves. <laughs> You're never going to be happy with yourself. So let me give you some great news tonight. Just get over yourself. <laughs> if I can get over myself, <laughs> I, I can really move forward. Praise the Lord. Mm. See, there, there is a place for performance and obedience to the will of God in our life. But not when it comes to our identity of who we are in Christ. Knowing our value to God and choosing the right direction for our lives. Performance doesn't have anything to do with your identity. Every person has the same exact identity in God. He has something for each of us to do. And, but that, that's what's so equal. There's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. There, there's no status in the kingdom right. of that. We all have equal identity Amen. and value. And that's what's so important. This whole thing of identity, value, and direction mm-hmm. is so important. Paul said this when it comes to performing. Paul, the, the, the Lord appeared to Paul and said, I've appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister, to send you out. You can read it in Acts chapter 26. But this is what he says as he tells Agrippa, Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. The heavenly vision for Paul was what God, was what the Lord was revealing to him, what he was called to do in preaching the gospel. Yeah to go before kings, that he would be persecuted, that he would suffer hardship, that all this stuff he right. showed him. He told, he told uh, 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 Ananias, when he go, I've already showed him what great things he must suffer mm-hmm. for my name's mm-hmm. sake. And so Paul had this heavenly vision, and all he said was, I haven't been disobedient to the heavenly vision. Mm-hmm. My vision has to live out my yes to God. When you can see your identity of who you are in Christ, 
you can live out your yes to God, my friend. And when we come out of this quarantine, we come out of this crazy situation that we're in, I really believe the church is going to rise up. Amen. That, that somewhere in here through this, people are reevaluating of who, we, what does it mean to be a believer? Mm-hmm. What have I taken for granted? What is my identity? Wait a minute. I need to be kind of like Jesus. Mm-hmm. I need to be about my father's business. Enough is enough. Yeah. I, I want to accomplish something for God. So here we are. We almost come to the place where we believe what God's word declares about who we are in Christ and choose to renew our minds to accept his identity his value, and his direction for our lives if we want to move into his plan to fulfill our destiny. And you brought it up about Joseph. Think about Joseph. He had to go for, he had family issues. Then he had, he was a slave. He was in bondage. Then he had a woman who lied about him. Then he's thrown into prison. Then he's forgotten. Then he has all the trials and the hardships that come along with that. But he never gave up on the vision that he had in his heart from God. He never lost that identity that God dropped into his spirit. He had Moses. When Moses, he he almost missed his his destiny in God because he didn't have a right self-image identity of who God. Moses, you're my man. You're the deliverer. I've raised you up. I spared you, brought you all the way up. I prepared you for this. Now I'm sending you. And he began to make his excuses, almost missed it. Israel, what happened to them? A whole generation died in the wilderness because they couldn't renew their identity to who God said they were as his people. And they, and like they kept looking back yeah. like Lot's wife. Oh, that we were back. Oh, back. Then they forgot that back was slavery. Mm-hmm. Back was a yoke of bondage. Yeah. And they wanted to go back to that. Gideon, what he had to do, he had to renew his image. God shows up and says, hey, Gideon, you're a mighty man of valor. No, I'm the weakest. Mm -hmm. We're the lowliest. We're the know-nothing group of that. And he had to renew his mind to who God said he was. That's what you and that's what we're talking about. We need to renew our mind into agreement. God has given you your identity. He set his value upon you and he has direction for your life. That's exactly what the devil twists when he comes against us. He tries to tear down your value. He tries to to, to reassess your value because he wants to take you in his direction. That's the battle that you're in, and that's why renewing your mind to God's Word is so important. So here we are. Here's the question as we close tonight. What do you say and believe about who you are in Christ? What you say, what I say to you, what we preach to you, anything else, what you say and what you believe about who you are in Christ is so important. So I want you to hear this. When we doubt ourselves, we doubt God who created us. The Bible says we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah. That we're made in the image of God. We're given dominion and authority. Yeah. But when I doubt ourselves, we doubt mm-hmm. God who created us. When we limit ourselves, we limit what God can do mm-hmm. through us. How we think and feel about ourselves is either honoring or dishonoring our Father and our Creator. Right. See, if I make myself less, we do that humbling thing, that mm-hmm. self-effacing thing that, you know, we just, oh, you know, we, yeah. we used to hear that, well, I'm just an old sinner. I'm such a worm. I'm just an old sinner. Say, okay, we know you're a man, but that's who you used to be. But now you are the righteousness of yeah. God in Christ Jesus. Right. I used to be a sinner. I'm now the righteousness of God yeah. in Christ Jesus. Good. Old things have passed away. All things become new. I'm renewing Amen. the mind. I have the mind to cry. I'm filled with the 
Spirit of God. I'm more than a conqueror. So what you say about yourself is so important. We all have the choice on how we will live, who we will believe, and what will be the controlling factor in our life. Guys, we're being told there's a new normal coming. Don't believe the lie. Don't accept the reshaping of identity, values, and direction for your life or for our country or our nation or anything. Choose faith, not fear. Stand on the word. Believe God's word. Speak God's word. Live God's word. Refuse to be chained to a new normal yoke of bondage that's being fashioned to shackle and control your life through fear. That's so important to hear tonight. Don't let terms like that, we hear it all the time, these things are coming up and they say it and they say it and they say it and then something is introduced and that's the way the devil works in our life. So we look at that nasty, but he comes against us uh, 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 personally too. The new normal, we get those thoughts in our mind. Oh, I had this failure, I did this, I made this mistake. Well, let me tell you what the new normal for your life is going to be. You're not going to be able to be used by God. Your people Mm -hmm. are going to think about you. This is going to be the new normal, how people are going to perceive you and relate to you. Don't ever buy the world's new normal for your life. Amen. Good. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You have anything you want to throw in there on the end? Just declare God's word over your life, and and the choice is not only it's it's not only daily; it's it's at times multiple times throughout the day. Just declare God's word over your life. Believe when you find yourself drifting from that truth of who God says, what He's done for you, who He is for your, you know, what He's done for you, and and who He's created you to be. Absorb yourself back into His truth and and uh, let that let that value Amen placed on your life. Yeah, man. so good. Amen. Praise God. Well, church, we love being with you. It's been awesome tonight. Uh, Galatians says this five one says this. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty which Christ has made us free. By which Christ has made us free, don't be entangled again Amen. with the yoke of bondage, good. and fear is a bondage. So in this season, believe and know who you are in Christ. Stand fast. Jesus died for you to be free. Those who the Son has set free are free indeed. We love you. We believe in you. We know God has great things for you. We're going to come out of this into a great season. It's going to be so exciting. I can't wait to have everybody together. This has been the most weirdest time. Our meet awkward. and greet is going to be amazing. I know. We'll just, <laughs> maybe we'll just set up and just do potluck in here or something like that the first Sunday or whatever. Right. And that. So, uh, yeah, let faith, let faith in God and the reality of who you are in Christ shape everything and every decision that you make god's on your side he loves you we love you we're standing with you we're praying for you believing god with you and uh, know that better days are yet to come this too is going to pass and we're going to come out on the other side father i thank you tonight for our church family i thank you father for your grace and your mercy in our lives father i just pray for the people right now Father, I pray your healing power, Lord. Uh, Right now, we just pause. We want to pray for Richie Turner, uh, who had that tragic accident yesterday, a forklift, 
and church, just please keep him in prayer. He had a, had a forklift accident at work, and his leg was severely injured, lower leg, upper leg, and, and just uh, compound fractures uh, in that accident, and surgeries uh, are taking place. And fortunately, uh, they were originally talking about amputating. So, Father, we thank you there'd be no amputation yes. of his leg. We thank yes. you for the corrective surgeries that are taking place. But more than that, we thank you that your healing power is alive and working in his body. We thank you for health and restoration, Lord. We pray for all of your people that are in a place, not just with this virus situation, Father, but every person that is battling any sickness or disease. Mm or illness in their body. Father, we come against that right now Amen. in the name of Jesus. Yes, we stand on, on Psalms 107 and verse 20 that says you sent your word and you healed them. So, mm -hmm. Father, we release a word of healing, of provision, and power Amen. to them right now in Jesus' name. And we declare your healing virtue flowing into yeah. their bodies. We call them the healed mm -hmm. of the Lord. Renewed strength, renewed vitality, renewed health in Jesus' name. And, Father, we pray your peace over people for your provision in their life. Lord, we thank you for the faithfulness of the body. We thank yes. you for their generosity and their giving. Lord, your word says that you multiply the seed that we sow back to us so we can continue to abound. So, Father, I thank you. You're multiplying the faithful giving of your people. You're causing them to abound into every good work. Lord, I thank you that any fear or anxiety or stress over financial pressures would be lifted off of them. We thank you. You are a God who supernaturally supplies from unexpected sources. We yes. thank you. The government is not our source. Our God supplies all of our need Amen. according to your riches and glory through our Lord and Savior Christ Jesus. So Father we pray a blessing over your people. We speak peace over them, health over them, life over them. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. We love you church. Thank you for hanging with us. Hope this helped and blessed you tonight. Be encouraged in the Lord and we will see you Sunday morning. God bless you.